Hey, fellow tennis nerds, I hope all is well. Today, I have two distinguished guests on the Tennis Nerd Podcast. We have Nividita Uberoy-Gerat, Dr. Nividita, uh, and legendary coach Rick Macy, because they have written a book together called Billion Dollar Mind, a practical guide to the game of life, but also, in part, the game of tennis. So we're going to get into that. They both have tennis backgrounds, as you can imagine. And we'll also talk about mental health and success in life in general. But how are you today, guys? Doing great. No, every, everything's great. I started this morning at five o'clock, jumped off the court at 10 here with you. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're always on the court. I know that by now after this a few times. <laughs> here we have the book as well. That's yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah. So how long did it take you to write this? How long? I, I would say <laughs> that's a great question. I think uh, this topic has been a passion of mine for my entire life. And I had been studying it for probably uh, in great detail about five years. And then I was starting to write this book, like I would say one PowerPoint at a time, you know, one day I'd write a line and say, and then uh, I, I thought about Rick because about five years ago, I, you know, brought my kids to his academy and I'd look at these great, amazing uh positive affirmations. Yeah, they're called racisms. They're all over his academy, you know, and just so motivating. They motivated me for my work. And I came out of the, that experience saying, I will write a book with him. That's what I said. But five years later, after studying it, I, uh, you know, was starting to write this book and came back to kind of appreciate Rick uh, for an award I received. And then I just, you know, I just told him, I said, I said, hey, have a book idea for you just kind of almost mumbled it not really that strong and lo and behold about three weeks later he texts me at work saying uh, how's the book coming along <laughs> that's oh, good but <laughs> i would say from that day on it's been the best journey of my life mm -hmm. i i uh put all my ideas together it was not one powerpoint at a time it was pages after pages and I sent him my first draft about three weeks later and since then it's been it's been magic yeah well so let, let me chime in here's here's how long it took me to write this book it's been inside of me since age 22 okay in this book is so many quotes and snippets uh like Dr. Nib said around the academy all these motivational quotes but just how uh to look at the world from a different perspective with a different lens so there's rick macy in this book on steroids uh, about how uh positivity just changes the whole landscape so it's almost like getting a hundred hours of of lessons with me in this book and then it's backed up with the the medical part so it's something it's a powerhouse and the world's never seen because it's a collaboration okay even though you know what she does is at the highest level and same with me there's a lot of common threads and people the reviews about the book have been like epic and, and, and you know i say rick is the billion dollar he is i had to i had to work towards it and build myself but rick is that so phenomenal but i still got a lot of potential i'm trying to get better and as we talked before if you're not getting better you're getting worse so that's in the book too yeah, I think that's the right mindset. And then in anything you do, whether it's tennis or life or, or business or whatever. Uh, but let's start from the from the beginning. Like, how did you get to know each other? Like, I think Rick taught you tennis. That's that's as far as I, I know. I know a little bit more after reading the book. But uh, can you tell the listeners as well? 
Well, for me, so I I grew up in Georgia and started playing tennis. My parents introduced me to the game. My mom was my coach. And I remember the day she said uh, that she was correcting my technique. And she's like, oh, uh, you have to do, you know, bend your knees more, turn your shoulders, whatever. And I said, why didn't you appreciate I, I hit a winner? And she's like, you know, I want you to get better. And I said, I don't like that. I want you to be positive. And she's like, no, I want you to improve. And I remember that dynamic in my life. And she said, she told me, she's like, you need to have a strong mind. Don't be like a little earthworm. They touch you and you shake all over. And so that was where I started getting interested in having mental strength. And since then, I've really been passionate about that. Uh, but I never really had a great like coach who knew tennis or knew the game as well as Rick. So when I was, I think it was 16 or yeah. so, I was playing one of his students and whatever, I was really lucky uh, that Rick sent a letter in the mail, found me. I don't even know how he found me, he found me. And I got this 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 letter and it had his name and it talked about his academy. At that time, we didn't really have the internet. And so uh, my family and I drove down to get help from him. He actually helped my twin, sister, twin sister's technique and got rid of a hitch probably in a couple hours. It took us like six years to get to, you know, to like, oh, I'm gonna get rid of this hitch in her forehand. But he took him a couple hours. He was such a genius. And then I was uh, training in his academy and was mesmerized by him, mesmerized. I always was had my eyes like watching what he was doing. I was like, how could he be teaching on a Sunday afternoon and it's raining? And there's a range like 99.9% .9 of the coaches would be home. And he was training students up and down hills. I was mesmerized, he was always focused, so nice and so intelligent, so positive. I remember everything he taught me. Um, so just phenomenal person. And I loved the aura. He had very, very positive aura, you know, as a, and so as a student, I was, uh, he just improved my game. He was just amazing all around. Well, let, yeah, let yeah, me, that's what I remember. no, let me, let me back the truck up. She was actually number one in the South, obviously to go to Harvard, obviously you got to have the brains, but she had the game also and her twin sister. Um, even though I don't quite remember everything back in the day, because uh, there was obviously a lot of kids and so on. But it's interesting, uh, haven't changed a lot because I'm still teaching in the rain sometimes on a Sunday afternoon. So things have, haven't changed that much. But the fact that I made an impact on her life, even though she's a genius in what she does in the medical profession, uh, that we talked about this before. Uh, tennis is this a microscopic version of you know how it translates in the game of life, you know the hard work, the, the mindset, and all these things that radiate in a lesson that, that I give to everybody. It doesn't matter what age, what level, it's all the same. And I tell everybody, you know, a, a great coach doesn't really just change strokes, they change lives. And so when Dr. Nib asked me about the book or whatever, uh, it was just a, a no brainer because doing this with her and how, it's impacted so many others. You know, I'm at this stage of the game where uh, that's the most important thing I can do is to give back in the book. I think we're going to reach millions. Yeah, and I, just to say, I just wanted to add one thing. I'll never forget why, you know, when I came back and I had won this award from Orlando about women in power. So I wanted to recognize Rick because I always remember the day uh, he told me that like, just, you know, he kind of helped guide my future. You know, said like, you know, don't spend all your time going for a pro. I mean, you're not going to be, 
you may not, and it's, it sounds like, oh, this is negative, but it's true. Like, you know, don't, you're going to waste your time trying to go for top five in the world because that's not where you are. And it's true. That is true. And if it weren't for those words, those golden words in my life that changed, pivoted my career, I could have still been wasting my time. You know, I immediately like said, okay, I'm not going to really invest every single minute in this. I'm going to go ahead and pursue science and medicine and, and, and really be an expert in that field. So I love that part about it. It's just so sincere and authentic where you can get every, any other coach and they're just not that way. They can say anything you want, you know, you don't, you don't get that honesty. And I love that. Because That's interesting because yeah. if, if they don't move their feet after a couple of weeks, I say, I can show you how to hit a golf ball also. So, you know, golf could be in the oven if you're not going to move your feet, but she can move around the court. So uh, I think she made the right decision because she's the leader in the clubhouse and the profession that she does. Yeah, but it was, just, that's why I always appreciated you. No, thank you. Coach. It really makes a big difference. Yeah, and it's all about like a, that positive mindset. I mean, Ricky brings it. I've, I've gotten to know him through the podcast, and he always has that positive, energetic mindset of like 1% improvement, one, you know, improving every day so you don't fall back. And it's so important in life in general. But in the book, you also talk a lot about like how kind of health benefits can come out of this kind of positive thinking, you know, not, not just only on the tennis court, but also in life. Can you talk a bit more about how a positive mindset can influence your life in, in, in a good way? Absolutely. That's a perfect question for me. So this book is was designed not only for, you know, tennis players and tennis students, but also for my patients. And uh, it's produced quite a big impact on my patients. They read that they read the book and they come back. They say, uh, Dr. Jared, your your book has changed my life. Now I'm not in that uh, thinking loop. So there's a chapter on thinking loops. And some of my patients have become more aware of the patterns where they think that they're going to, you know, die or have this horrendous disease or, you know, the worst is coming, they'll go on Google and start searching every single possibility of disease, diseases that could be causing their symptoms. And then they'll come and ask me, they can't get sleep, they can't live their life. And really, uh, it's just a bad pattern. Every day they wake up obsessing about their medical condition when in reality there's really nothing wrong so they come in to see me i'm like oh you can still walk you're not in a wheelchair you know will, will it take care of these things you're not as severe as you think you are and then uh if they don't change their thought process they can continue that thinking i have a lot of patients like that and uh so unless they are aware that their mind is going into that negativity um and they have to get themselves out of it stop it and then and then get into a more positive thinking pattern, uh, then they can start living their life. So it's a really important book because it's really a, trying to understand the way uh, our minds work. You know, we have billions of neurons, billions, and a multitude way of ways of thinking. And so it's very hard to understand those thought processes. But this book helps, you know, that's the real fundamental, uh, you know, benefit of this book is to understand how our minds work. No, it's a, no, it's it's very interesting because the book isn't really about forehands, backhands, serves, biomechanic or footwork, but the the book will definitely improve all that. You know, it's not a so it's not even really for tennis players. It's for the world. You know, because it's all perspective and how you look at things. And if you break down a, a tennis match, as you know, when you break it down. The mental part, everybody will tell you that's the most important, okay? Even 
if the guy has a better forehand, backhand, and serve, you lose two and two, and you're going, how did that happen? Because the guy runs and fights and sweats, but he has the ability to forget. He's changed his perspective of how he handles pressure. And that's what separates these guys that win at the highest, highest level, that wins grand slams. You know, they're all about the competition. And I work with people. People might think because of my collaboration with Dr. Brian Gordon, it's all more about biomechanics or the motivation and the positivity. I work with so much more on the mental part with all the kids, you know, how to handle problems. Because as you know, you got 20 seconds to flip it in your mind like it happened 20 years ago. And having the ability to remember, to forget, that's a big skill. But, and I can't get into the whole thing, at, you know, in the podcast, but there's all these things that if you listen to, you can change your perspective, you get into a habit, everything in life is a habit, but you gotta be willing to change and look at it differently. And the final thing is, doesn't matter, tennis, football, baseball, business, whatever, the best of the best, of all the rest, they're the most positive creatures that ever walked the face of the earth. They have one common thread because you can't be super negative and be a champion at anything unless something was just like gifted to you, especially in the game of tennis. You know, a lot of these people don't even want to be around the negativity. You know what I'm saying? So they just train their mind that way. And there's all kinds of roadmaps and blueprints in the book that can help people with that. Yeah, and you could argue that we're in a kind of a mental health crisis. I mean, mental health is something that's talked about everywhere, which is good in a way, right? But there's a lot of negativity on social media, internet overall. So are there any few steps that you can give any tips that you people could use here to deal with that, like to turn that around, that negativity? They might feel anxiety from reading newspapers and stuff like that. Absolutely. So... So well, just to recap, you we were talking about thinking loops and then talking about how positivity is really important. But going back to like the health issues where our patients are kind of upset, at least mine are obsessed with negative, you know, negative thoughts or doom and gloom that they're not going to live. And now we've got social media to add to the ripple of possible negativity. Now we've got our thinking loops are into comparison and you know somebody else is doing something or winning and now we're not doing the same and so then we get into this depression almost what i describe uh what we describe is kind of a mental paralysis you know your mind starts thinking and okay i'm not that great and now you start do not doing anything i think rick is so beyond that when you work with him he's just saying like what and i and i can understand when you're at such a high level of positivity it's very hard to understand how people just don't do anything they're just kind of stuck in their own thoughts and depression but with that crisis some of the uh tips that we talk about uh in the book include the most important thing is is awareness and we use that a lot so once you start becoming aware of those patterns we start saying look you know uh when I trigger, when I start opening up Facebook and I see someone's profile and I start thinking about that person, then I start thinking these negative thoughts, like a domino effect. And I recommend not only just awareness, but also writing it down in a journal. There's hundreds of different, you know, exercises here, including say 10 positive things about yourself or say 10, be grateful when you get up in the morning, all these things that help you. But when uh, the most important thing that actually helped me personally was that thinking loop. I started watching myself, you know, I would consistently see how I would fall into a trap every day. And then I'd write it down. I saw I would, I would consider, why would I do this? But I would text or message somebody that 
A would never respond to me. B someone who lied. And then I and then and then what happens after that is that I get so upset about it. I don't I don't I'm not productive. And I remember fuming and fretting. So then how I fixed it was after you know, this is years, but finally I said, look, you know, if I do that, I'm not going to be able to do my work. And so I stopped that process, very aware of it. So thinking loops and being able to document it and watching how your brain patterns work, I think are crucial. And if it's if Facebook or if it's Twitter, if somebody's bothering you or something, like trying to distance yourself from that stuff. Um, I don't know if you've had experience with it or. I don't oh yeah, every, everybody has. Yeah. Listen, but no, I could. I could give thousands of tips or pointers, but the first thing you got to want to do is try to change. Okay. If the, instead of getting on that merry-go-round and you just like are negative and you look at things differently and going back to like the tennis part, I tell this to the kids all the time. If I had a 12 year old and he hits a ball into the net when he's playing an eight year old, he's going to respond a certain way. But if he hit the ball, that 12-year-old, into the net and he was hitting with Alcarez, he's going to respond a different way. And I said, but it still went in the net, you know, and that's the way it's still, it is what it is. But we're letting something else control us. And so it starts on perspective of how you're going to look at this stuff, okay? Because people respond differently to everything. And that's when they build up stress and then they kind of become that creature. You know, if you keep making excuses, you get better at making excuses. You know, people all the time, they understand what they eat. Most people, they eat whatever they want, but what they hear and what goes into their brain, okay, they they should change all that. You want to be around positive people and motivate motivating people. You want to be around that, what you put into your head. You see what I'm saying? But then you got to want to apply it. And as you go down the yellow brick road of life, okay, you're going to have so many choices every day and influences, you know, and maybe one word or one thing that you heard can change everything, you know, because some people are still mad about something 20 years later, you know, the same thing, you know, and if you complain, you get better at complaining. And some people, maybe because of environment or their family dynamic, some of this stuff can kind of evolve and it can be for better or worse. Everybody can change, you know, if you want to. And there's all kinds of stuff in the book about that, you know, and, but you got to want to do it first. It's, it's mind control. And when I try to tell the kids, listen, if you're not going to listen to me, which most of them do, they, they hear me, but they don't listen. Okay. I said, Watch Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Watch these players at the top, how they respond to failure. Imitate that, like Iga did of of Rafa. You know, imitate that. Imitate and become that. Off the court, that's something different. But that will actually help you off the court, too, how you handle problems. You know, we could both go to a a stoplight and the light turns green and you're behind a person. And some people will wait a few seconds before they do something. Other people will be on the horn. Some people might get out of their car if the guy's texting. How you respond to stuff and you become that, you know? And the best way to handle things, be calm, take a deep breath. People always tell you, get a good night's sleep. You feel different. It's the hardest thing to do because we have an emotion go through our body and we respond. 
And a lot of times it's of anger or frustration instead of just waiting and handling things with a, with a smile and a different approach. And that's what you got to do on a tennis court. It's the exact same thing. And that's why you see the success of Alcarez, how he handles pressure. We talked about it. He's a Broadway performer with a racket in his hand. He can flip pressure in his mind. And I like the concept that you actually said that people have to desire. It really has to come from within. If you're happy with status quo and you just want to be average, you're not going to get to the next level of life. I mean, yeah. you, you have to be aware. I would see so many different things. I would see how, you know, uh, one day someone's, even my own mind, it's happy than sad. You know, just like some little thing bothers me. And it's like all of a sudden I get into some sort of craziness. And, um, you know, another technique that I thought about was, was meditation. But it's not that as complicated as you think. But if you just like, it's really about self-reflection and watching those thoughts. And uh, again, awareness, like if you get up in the morning and you say, okay, what thought is coming in and recognizing those are not real. You know, you just all of a sudden say, you know, there's thoughts of, uh, and I know Rick probably doesn't have them, but like personal like negativity. And I know you've trained your mind to be positive, but people, you know, the rest of the world, they, they have to, you know, you know, self-defeating thoughts or critical thoughts or negative thoughts or misinterpreting a situation or taking, you know, lack of response as personal. All these things, we start going down that path of negativity. And I can tell you, I even say that in the book, how I get a phone call from someone criticizing what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you're just like, you know, you have to kind of be able to recognize it and stop. And so whether it's meditation or journaling, but the awareness is the most important. Yeah, I think that's great, great point. Like awareness of how you are on a tennis court, but also how you are in daily life, how you deal with like difficult situations, challenges that pop up. And I, I would say also maybe like building like positive habits, whether it's exercise, eating properly, or at least you're making your bed first thing in the morning or something like that. Just start your day in a good way. Do you have any other ideas of like positive habits that can influence people's thinking and, and create a kind of a better balance in their life? Absolutely. You know, I think number one, you have to get into a routine. And I tell people, if you get into a routine, you'll become a machine, you know, but it has to be a positive routine, you know? If if you want to do this, and once you find your identity, okay, then if you don't stick to it, it's like going to the gym or whatever. If you don't stick to it, you're so far down the road, you almost feel guilty if you don't do it. You know, so you got to get into a routine and have structure. And when you say, well, I don't have time, you know, a winner makes time. Get up earlier. You know, you got to get into a routine, okay, about all this stuff. And that it starts with discipline. But people, if you're all over the map, your thoughts will always be all over the map. Okay. Yeah, but what? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking like every night what I do, and it's probably since I've met Rick and worked on this book together, one is to be grateful every night. So I write in my journal, I'm grateful for these things. That really does help control your mind because then you start thinking of how, instead of thinking what you don't have, you start thinking what you have. You, yeah. I, I honestly tell you now how grateful he is almost every day. It's just built into his vocabulary. He says, thank you. Yeah, you like, appreciate what you have, what you don't have, especially yeah. when, you know, you, things aren't going your way. Just always remember that. And that's kind of been with me uh, my whole life. And it, you don't, you don't just like start complaining and, you know, looking at things through a different lens, appreciate what you have. Cause in a blink of an eye, things could change and it could be brutal. Right. So the habit is every night I will, I know you, you've, I think Rick has really influenced me, but I will go 
into my phone and go into the people that really helped me that day. I'm really grateful that you did this for me. And it could, we could look at it the other way that the person really did, may not have executed the way we wanted. Well, you know, you can always criticize, but I'll say, thank you for doing this. Thank you for, you know, showing up. And, and that really helps mind control because then you don't look at the negativity. And the second thing uh, that I always do, and I love this exercise, is to go and say, my 10 strengths are, and I'll do that like once a week, because that gives you confidence. It gives you, you know, self mental control and also tells you what you're doing well. In. So those two things kind of makes you feel unique and powerful as a person. Absolutely. And I put that in my journal. No, um, you know, so we, we no, no, we, we talked about this before. Yeah. And this is this kind of, you know, how I'm put together and it's, it's all in the book. You, you asked me or many people have asked me, who's my favorite student of all time? They think it's Venus, Serena, Capriati, Roddick, Moschina, Pierce, Kennan, whoever. Okay. And I mean this, it's who's ever on the other side of the net, that hour, that minute, that second. I think I even told you that when you, you we interviewed me and that's how I feel. And if that's how you feel, you become that, you know, if you train yourself, the students will feel that and you can extract greatness, you know, on that's number one. Number two, I have people write it down, put it in their journal, look at this every day. Remember what I said, you're, you, you're kind of aware of what you put in your mouth. Why aren't you aware of what you're putting in your mind? So when you look at these words, you know, you motivate yourself instead of getting it from Rick Macy or whoever, you know, empower yourself because let's, let's face it, you know, Djokovic is where he's at. It's a package, as you know, but this is so unique. And I'm sure when he retires, he's going to unveil so many secrets. It's almost like unhuman like, uh, you know, how his mind is so different than anybody's held the stick. Yeah, and uh, it's so important to um, be able to turn negative thoughts around. And you talk a lot about in the book, like the mental diet, like what, like your mental diet, which you mentioned here was like the food you put in yourself, that's your food diet, but then you also have a mental diet. Can you explain a bit more about the mental diet and how to tackle that? I love it. You, I, I can, I can start. Yeah. yeah. So I love it because that is the, the, the whole foundation of the that book. Is, yeah. yeah. It's like the, all the chapters are. And it's, and it's delicious and it's delicious. <laughs> so you were talking about all the techniques and that, you know, daily habits, they have that in here. So if you want to see a more complete list that's there, but our, our mental diet is what we put into our mind. And I think that uh, it's very important, especially in life or in tennis, to have the appropriate diet. And I like a lot of the concepts we talk about, like positive affirmations, you know, uh, uh, confidence and discipline. All those things are really important concepts for everybody, especially tennis players, to have in their diet. Um, but I think one of the most important I wanted to highlight from the book was positive associations. I think that is one of the most important. And I'm not sure... Uh, you know, how others believe, but if you want to be one of the best tennis players in the world, or even best in anything, having someone that's a good association, that's not only just positive, but also knows what they're doing is really important. I speak from experience, you know, especially in tennis, I think having somebody who has been there, who's experienced, like, and Rick, you know, like having you in my life, like, it's really important, you know, you can you can correct anybody's technique in a heartbeat, and knowing that and having someone like that in your in your uh, 
portfolio in tennis is so important because if you don't say for instance you have the local coach down the street which i have you know in augusta georgia the local coach there you go you start developing techniques right and instead of your tennis strokes becoming weapons, they become liabilities because now you have the wrong technique, your backhand is always going in the net and always really explaining and you're like, just it's very, very hard. So I think positive associations is one of the most important things for tennis players, especially early on to develop the right technique. And I always wish I'd met Rick earlier because I probably would have had an easier time with my technical skills uh, rather than getting the wrong technique and then erasing it and then having to fix it. And even the positivity. Uh, if coaches don't bring that out, then even the slight size, but say, say for instance, I don't know if you've seen this, like, oh, your opponent's serve is better than yours. You know, good luck. Like, this coaches say that, I'm sure they, they've done that before. Then now your mental, uh, when you're getting on the court, you're already like, mentally defeated tennis is so mental you know if you think about mental strength you think of tennis you can't win a match without mental strength Absolutely. so yeah so I, I think that having the right association around you is really yeah just deviating away from tennis but in the game of life uh, like if i ask people a question like uh what's your favorite day okay let me ask you what's your favorite day like my favorite day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, besides that, you should say two day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you say ask that to people, okay, no one is going to say Monday. Because like, oh, it's Monday. You know, I don't, a lot of people won't say that. They're going to say Friday or the weekend or whatever. The, the correct answer is every day. And if you had something happen to you, it would be every day that you would have appreciate so that is the ultimate answer that you're going to get okay with the people at the highest level they're not going to say wednesday because it's the middle of the week or they're not everybody's going to say monday's the toughest day so you got to make monday your best day and i flipped it it's almost the exact opposite long ago in my mind and monday because a lot of people are dragged you know it, it has nothing to do with tennis so that's number one it's all perspective of how you're looking at it. But we get caught up on that merry-go-round that's been passed down uh, through the years. We're around the wrong people a lot of times. And I'm not saying it's all how you, you can hear them, but you don't need to listen. And you get caught up in a routine. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. You know, why are you happy, happier more on your birthday? You should be, you know, maybe a little happier because there's more of a celebration, but every day should be happy. Every day should be awesome, okay? It doesn't matter if it's raining, we're still training, okay? It doesn't matter, okay? It's all perspective, okay? I have the kids work even harder when it's colder or it's hotter, okay? You gotta feel uncomfortable to get comfortable, you know? And sometimes if I'm given a lesson, we'll go back to the tennis, some kid's gonna double fall, and are gonna some kids serving and all and they're hitting a second serve i say you've been serving amazing i hope you don't double fall okay and the parent like richard williams would go that's i love rick where the other parents go wait a minute that's not right they got a lot to learn that's the real world you got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable so it's all perspective and a lot of times it's the exact opposite you know what i mean it's the exact opposite when people read the book 
uh, there's going to be so many gold nuggets that they can apply apply to the game of life. Yeah, I was going to say say every day actually. So I would ace that test, but I'm I'm a little bit like you, Rick. So maybe that's that helps, you know. That's so, good. I say every day needs to be good. I think that's and if if it's not in your life, I mean, there's maybe a sign that you should change something or you need to do some some amends. Uh, if it's if it's just in your mental state or maybe whether maybe it's in your life in general, right? So uh, it, it could be that. So if you're on a tennis court and things are going against you or maybe in life, you know, you can choose there. But what what should you do? Like when the negative thoughts start piling up and you're going down 5-0 or 4-1 or, or something is going not your way. Yeah, I like that question. Maybe you can go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, if let's start with the tennis part first. It's not over until you shake. And, you know, uh, a lot of times people, they let the situation control them instead of them controlling the situation. Okay. And then I would come up with analogies, you know, Alcarez lost the first set 6-1 at Wimbledon, and now he has the trophy, you know, and it looks like, whoa, a lot of people are thinking that match might be over. Okay. And Medvedev is up two sets to love against Sinner. Whoa, Sinner has the trophy. And you got to get this across the kids because when they get down, you know, they think it's the end of the world. And you got to give those analogies that it's never over till you till you shake hands, you know. And this is so important, as you know, because tennis requires so much mental strength. It's like golf and boxing. It's a very different sport because it's not a team dynamic. You're, you got to be able to take a punch. And I always tell people, why do you feel different when you play doubles? You know, when you play doubles and you miss a shot, like you go up and hug your opponent, you give a high five, everybody forgets what just happened. Where in singles, it's a different feeling that you have. And you got to have the ability to let it go. You know what I mean? And that's the hardest thing to do. Okay. And that's what greatness is mastered. Because you know, as well as I do, there's better athletes out there on the tour through the test of time that they don't have any grand slams, but they were the best athletes on the tour. And it's, it's a game of inches from one ear to another, just like the game of life. And it's mind control. And you got to have the ability to flip it. But that's a big thing when you're playing like, like tennis or now for the game of life, how you respond to it if it's a, a bad day outside or it's cold or whatever. I appreciate every day, okay? It's just a little different, but nothing has changed. What has changed? What has changed if you're down 5-0? Nothing has changed. You still had a long way to go. But if you look at it, it's over. It's probably over. You see, greatness doesn't look at that. You know a tennis match can change like that. Life, you can't let other things make you happy or sad. It can help you a little bit. But when you become mentally strong and you can control things yourself, listen, everybody needs a helping hand, but it's getting into a routine, it's training yourself that way. And I actually like problems, okay? I like problems because I know that's gonna create another opportunity for something better, okay? And I kind of like failure, okay? Because there's there you'll, you'll try harder, okay? I don't want people, I've told Nivis, I don't want people to come up and say, you're the best. I mean, they can say it once in a while, you're the best or you're that. I, I, I like constructive criticism, not every day, because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, okay? And it's all mindset on how you absorb this stuff. But go ahead and no, chime in. I, 
wanted to echo that sentiment because what I think is that when we are down 4-0 or 5-0 in a match, the one thing we have to be very careful about, and I like what you're saying, is that we cannot let other things outside our mind be in control. We can't let the score be in control. We can't let our opponent be in control. We can't let the empire be in control. We can't let the the bad court surface or the bad balls be in control. We have to be in control. Our mind, which, and that starts, that's why this book is so precious, is because we have to be in control of our own mind and our own thoughts so we can navigate situations like that. We don't let the score bother us. We don't let the, you know, how many times have you, I, you've probably, you've played and there's like music outside or there's, you know, people taking photography and people talking. We cannot let the outside world dictate our life. And that's not only in the tennis court, but outside the tennis court. We can't let, you know, our family member uh, who's critical control our life and what we're doing, you know, and I've even seen how you've done this podcast, right? This is a great idea. You've probably, whatever you've done, you probably had obstacles along the way. You've had uh, been able to control your mind and get this done. Otherwise, it would have never happened, right? And uh, speaking of being down, I always marvel at Coco Goff's match in the U.S. Open when she turned around the match because Justin Bieber was in the crowd. Now, look, think about this. This is like the epitome of our book. You, you, she was so motivated because there's a rock star in the crowd that she won. And that was part of it. There was like a lot of media behind that. But what I think about, and our book really helps us with mind control, is that if she can think like that all the time, or if we figure out what really motivates us, if we have like, you know, we, you know, all it takes is a matter of just a little bit of knowledge. One thing, like Rick said, can change the outcome. So now she's like, she has to perform because somebody's watching. And uh, so for her, that works. For other people, it might be something else. It might be their parents have to be there or they want, you know, uh, a little bit of motivation from their best friend or something like that. But our minds, that's what this book is about, really understanding what motivates us and what can get us out of those type of things. One more thing about the tennis part, you know, you have to be all about one thing. Forget 5-0 or forget better player, worst player, single, double. Okay, you got to be all about the competition. If you, if you love the battle, if you love the competition, and a lot of kids say, well, I love it more when I'm winning. I've never heard anybody say I love it least. It's always that way, but it's wrong. It's all about the competition, okay? You got to have a thirst for competition like no other. And I could go through, you know, Serena was just, uh, she was a pit bull. Her thirst for competition all of them were, all these people that, you know, that coach. But when you're all about the competition, anybody, anytime, anywhere, and nothing else is controlling that, you handle pressure better. That's when you're going to get this ideal performance state. I'm really intense. You know, I, I, I want to win, obviously, but I'm calm because I'm all about the competition. And it's hard to get away from that. I'm down 5-0. I'm serving bad. I was playing good yesterday, okay, but not today. What does yesterday have to do with today? You know, I get into all this with the, the, a lot of the kids and the parents, and that's a whole nother thing to talk about. But if you, anybody listening that plays tennis, just love the competition. And the kids will say, I love it more when I'm winning. No, they're letting that control them. It's Listen, you only have control over one thing attitude okay and this book 
is so much about attitude and mindset of and this is the the really the bottom line thing when you ask about a tip that's why i knew roddick i didn't know he's going to win the us open at 20 or 19 years old one of the most brutal competitors and he actually overachieved he wasn't federer or Djokovic. he wasn't at that level but he was so competitive he never had any bad losses and i can back the truck up to sharapova she was the mentally strongest 11-year-old I ever had. She was in a bubble. Nothing bothered her. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be amazing, okay? But whatever you do, it's going to help you in the game of life because she could just, boom. She was all about that. So uh, as a tennis player, any coach listening to this, the number one uh, thing they should be able to teach a player is always become a better competitor. Run for every ball, no excuses. I love to play. Every point, you're right there. And that takes practice and practice and discipline. And unfortunately, people are all over the map. But if you want to do it, it's a choice and anybody can do it. And we all have different sources of, of motivation. I thought it was interesting you brought up the, um, the Coco Golf, Justin Timberlake example. because well, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber was, uh, yeah, uh, either or. But it's interesting how... You're in how... the neighborhood. You got Justin right. You're in the neighborhood. <laughs> Famous Justin. Uh, so everybody finds their motivation from some source, right? So you, based on your personality, I guess we, you can elaborate maybe on this. But like, for example, Djokovic, he needs some kind of um, forces against him. He almost likes the crowd to boo, boo against him because he finds motivation in proving them wrong or just showing that he's better than the opponent or them or whatever. And while some players are more, again, of internal motivation, uh, how do you find your motivation and how do you kind of channel that to, to improve your life or your game or something? Absolutely. And that's, and that's where this book comes in. It's everybody is so unique, uh, whether it's in tennis or in life. So, uh, for example, if I were playing and Justin Bieber were there, I don't know if I would perform like that. I would be like oh, a little bit nervous, you know, and I would need a motivation differently. Like when someone tells me that when I was playing, someone said that this little kid can beat you, I would make sure I win, you know, and I was, I was quietly destroy them. But so everybody has their own way. I think it's really a lot of it is self-reflection. And that's the key. It's that awareness. You know, what is it that makes somebody motivated is how uh, they, they look inside themselves and, and they know themselves well. And a lot of times we don't sit quietly to understand and know us. I know Rick is really an expert at knowing himself. He knows himself inside and out. Like he'll know, you know, doesn't want to travel with the pros. He used to stay here with his academy. And, and for me, like it, take, it took me a long time to know who I really was. And so I think sitting down quietly, that's your meditation, um, you know, self-reflection, writing in your journal, those things are crucial to understand what motivates you. Like for example, for Coco Goff, now that she was motivated by Justin Bieber, having that same motivation, perhaps, you know, in future, you know, opens will help her maybe, you know, win. It may be something that's really important for her mindset. And, uh, you know, there's some people uh, I found out, you know, in my, even my personal life, like somebody's, I have a, you know, family member motivated by food, you know, so it takes that, you know, I, I don't eat for hours. I can't, I don't have to uh -huh. eat for eight hours. I don't care. But some of them love food and, and they need that to motivate them and get them going. Um, some people uh, are motivated by, you know, 
all kinds of things. Our minds are so wide and varied, but some can you know, be like trophies, art, you know, who knows what it is that, that really motivates you. Some people like shopping. So this is really important. Some people love money. So whatever it is to focus on ourselves and understand that and think we don't spend enough quiet time with ourselves. We're always distracted. Or we're thinking about thoughts that somebody else has implanted, like Rick was saying, you know, earlier, like in school, we'll say, oh, it's a weekend. Now it's time to have fun, right? Like your teachers say that. And, and that's like inbred in us or a parent that says something about our abilities. Oh, you know, you're not strong in that. You're not gifted in that. Now that's what we believe. So this is where we look in deep in ourselves and try to correct all of those thoughts. And this book is a game changer. Yeah, I think, I mean, you mentioned it, Rick, and I think it's a very, very good lesson for people in general, like, especially in today's society when everybody's distracted, as you also said, uh, that it's like being present, you know, you're present with your students, being present with your employees, being present with your, uh, you know, people who are coming to see you. So it's it's like, that's very important. And that's how you find awareness, you know, but are there any tricks you can to improve your presence? Put away your phone, I guess is a very good trick. But do you have any other ideas? Like how can you be more present in the moment in today's crazy world? You mean on the on the tennis court with students yeah. or what? Yeah, yeah, both no. like in life in general. Yeah. No, well, I think first off, you should have goals and you should be realistic and you should write these down. But you know, I go by the motto like every day. You should look in the mirror and ask yourself, did I get better today? And not lie, okay? And be honest with yourself. And if you, I know that sounds crazy, but greatness talks to themselves a lot, okay? Sometimes greatness doesn't even want anybody else to tell them anything. And that can actually make you, your mind stronger. Like Rune, you know, he, like I said, he's changing coaches like socks, but the answer to his things in the mirror, you know, that's his best coach. So at the end of the day, um, you're not getting better. You're getting worse. I think the number one thing that you should always try to do is write stuff down. You look at it or you look in the mirror and ask yourself that question. Did I get better today? And if you did it, that's okay. But you need, like Niv said, you, you got to have that talk with yourself. And people don't do that because they like to do things where they can feel it or maybe see it or sweat. That's why people uh, don't like to meditate or they don't like to do yoga. They don't like to do things. They don't like any mental training. And this Djokovic guy, when it's all said and done, he's gonna come out with a whole smorgasbord. People are gonna go, whoa, this is a different cat the world's never seen or different goat, I should say, not a cat. So, but this is the biggest thing that people, they don't have discipline, they don't have structure. But when you have that talk with yourself and Niv brought it up, you know, I get to the park every day at five and open up. And a lot of times, unless I have a Zoom with someone from Belarus or Switzerland or whatever, I have an hour in my office, which is my car. Okay. And it's downtime that I can just lock in mentally. And I like that tranquility, you know, just to start today, bang. Okay. And even when I start to go to the courts, there'll be garbage. I always pick it up instead of saying, well, that's not my job. Or there's tennis balls over all over the place. Instead of saying all the coaches left the balls out there, you know, it's, I look forward to helping out, you know, and when you have that gratitude and appreciation, I think it just helps you in all facets of your life. And, and you're talking about awareness. I've seen Rick, Rick's focus is more than anybody can imagine. He 
he's so focused. You know, we even played like a casual round of golf. He's so focused on my swing. <laughs> and like, the thing is like, it's just focus. The focus is, is incredible. When you're focused, then you can be more aware of everything and you're not distracted by everything else. That's that doesn't saying. start saying focus. No. Not, you, gotta, you gotta get into a routine, find your identity. That's find your identity yeah. of what you want to do. Absolutely. You know, and if you can't, and, and that's what I chose to do, you know what I mean? And here I am, you know? So I'm just saying it's, it's, it's work for me, but the most important thing, I get to share that. I get to share that with that person calling on the phone. Okay. I get to share that with the whole world and uh, influence so many people. Because when people come back, uh, they don't tell me about their forehand or their backhand or their serve, some might, but it's how I've got them to think different and work harder, okay? And look at life through a different lens, but I wasn't trying to do that. And to me, that's probably my best contribution. And now they pass that down to their kids. And I think we talked about that with Christian Rude and Casper, because I, Coach Christian, who was Norway's finest, but he got unseated by his son. But I'm sure he's okay with that. You know, winners find a way and losers make excuses. And that stuck with Christian, you know, in 1989. Okay. And that wiring is a, is a big part of his son that he put into him at age four. Now, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to listen, you know. And that's a big thing that parents, you know, have to get into their kids. So uh, I love I love the question. But that would be my answer. But yeah, and we were talking about awareness in the moment and being focused, but you can't be focused if you're not doing something you love. Look at you. I mean, this podcast, you're so focused and you enjoy what you're doing. And especially like you love to teach, you love to help care, take care of patients. And how do you get that motivation? That's another process in the brain. You know, it doesn't, it's not easy, but also figuring out why and what you love. And then once, then once you find your identity, right. then you just like, you build. And before you know it, you look back and go, whoa, you know, you just build, you keep bettering your best. You're never satisfied. You know what I mean? And uh, like, like Djokovic says, he goes, I, I got to get a lot better. Like Alcaraz, you know, after Wimbledon, now what? He goes, I got to get a lot better. And so when I say that to the kids, someone that has that much money and that much fame and all the records and the greatest of all time, and his quote is, I got to get a lot better, not better a lot better whoa that puts everything in perspective for every kid who thinks they put in a hard day's work or they think they are working hard they don't know what hard work is you know they have no idea so at the end of the day um when a coach listen to this can use those people as examples you know it's not gonna happen overnight but one little piece at a time before you know it you just have a lot of blocks and you have something special yeah, and I, I think you're 100% right. Like also the part about embracing discomfort. Like these guys know how to embrace discomfort every day, get out of the comfort zone. You don't learn any, anything there. You need to kind of get out of that and be uncomfortable as you well well put. How important, as you mentioned parents, you mentioned these stars on the tennis court, how important is positive role models? Like how can, and how can you find positive role models to cling on to, to build better habits around your mindset and so on? You want to go first? Go yeah. So we were talking about positive associations, right? So in order to get the right, you know, uh, guidance in life, 
So the most important thing, I think one is to find the right coach, but you're asking, your question is more of how do you find it? How, right? And I think that that is a challenge because you have to find the right person. And some of the things I do, and especially with, you know, I've learned even with my um, relationship connection with Rick, is I always say, is that person a uh, more positive than me? Rick is for sure. Is he, is he like, uh, you know, more uh, healthy? Like, is he healthier than I'm? Oh yeah, for sure. He has, like, you know, you can just tell, you can, he, he's such a great role model because I think he takes like 60 or 70 vitamins. It's incredible. I've, if you see his, his, his kitchen, it's amazing. Does he eat more healthy, healthfully than, than I do? Yes. Because, you know, he's eating the same thing every day for 30 years and I still, you know, have variety and stuff like that, but it's impressive how his nutrition and health are so important. And so when people, and then does he respond to problems better than I do? Of course, you know, he's so uh, positive and locked in and, um, every morning always comes in with full of positive energy. So you've got so many great qualities in him and is so much more knowledge. And then you realize that's a great connection because he's got things that are better, things that I can look up to, things that I can learn from. And so that's how you build uh, role models or connections or mentors or coaches when they, you can look up to them. Unfortunately, if there are people you can't look up yeah. to, you know, uh, they're, you know, obviously slacking or they say, don't worry, let's go out. You know, they're like, not that that pizza is bad, but they're late eating pizza and they're drinking alcohol and they're partying. Those may not be the right role models if you want to be like, you know, professional in tennis or, you know, uh, do something in this world where you're changing the world. Uh, and and you're, you have to get your mind focused and you have to be on top of your game. And uh, so finding someone who's better than you and these quality, certain qualities can really uh, be a game changer. Well, first, yeah, let me let me chime First, she's a, a world-class neurosurgeon. She she sounds like my publicist, but she's not. She's actually a doctor. She's a, a neurologist. So no, a neurologist. So at the end of the day, you know, you can go to YouTube, and there's so many motivational speakers, and people should do that on a regular basis. You know, that's the easiest way instead of maybe finding someone. You know, that you have to go. You have to go meet someone. You can go on YouTube and watch speeches and watch people give motivation. I think every day, even I tell the kids this, even for for two minutes, you know, you eat breakfast, you can do this. You know, you eat, you, you should be part of your game plan because people need that. And then you start to do it. Okay, and I give this in all my speeches. You You kind of get into that routine and every day, then eventually it's like you look forward to it. And then you start talking like that. And then you become like that. And that's why every day at 10 o'clock, I give a group speech to all the kids and parents. And it's more about life, okay? A lot of times it's about tennis, but it's more about life. And I make them record it. And the parents, I mean, it's crazy. You have no idea. It's like, they're just like, whoa. And because uh, that's kind of my calling. It's more of a, a life coach. So the bottom line is it's out there. How many people, I tell them all the time, how many guys are going to do that tomorrow? Go on YouTube, okay, and let's go watch just three minutes of Tony Robbins or my good friend, friend David Meltzer. And a few of them will kind of put up their hands. And I said, well, how many guys will do it if I give you $1,000? It's like, all right, you know? So like everybody raises two hands. And I said, well, you got it backwards. 
because if you listen to them every day, okay, or me every day, in the future, you're going to make a lot more than $1,000. So you got it backwards. See, they'll, be do they'll do it if you make them do it. But when you do things with no agenda and it comes from your heart, okay, that's a whole different thing. And some kids, no matter what I say, and I know it's family and I know it's environmental, some kids I can say at one time and they'll do whatever, okay? They'll do whatever and you can't, but I actually like the ones that don't do it. I like the ones that don't listen because as a coach, I like to challenge, you know what I mean? I mean, not for years on years. I mean, after a while, it's like, whoa, if I knock on the door, I hope they answer eventually. But I like the ones that are a challenge because that gives me as a coach, a teacher, a role model, uh, the greatest satisfaction. You know, I love that, Frank. You know, I, one of the things that I have to echo there is that there is no end to YouTube videos. And that saved my life. That saved my because I would. I was so alone, I was so positive, and sometimes people like to gossip or be negative or critical and I couldn't really vibe or connect. And in order to, to keep myself sane, I would just go on these videos and I would go to all these self-help coaches. You know, I can name a dozen of them that I loved and I, they changed my life, my way of thinking. And that's how this book kind of came about. I mean, I started thinking about me. And what I really liked it was very, very hard to do. Uh, but there's probably not a day that goes by without, you know, of course I have Rick and I have this positivity all the time, but I also listen to those every day. There's not even, you know, at least half an hour. And what everybody, to, everybody to understand, everybody has the same problems. Yeah. Every, you know, some people solve problems. Other people make problems. Everybody has the same problems. Some maybe a little bit more. It's how you respond to it. I mean, there's a hundred things that happen to all of us right here every day, okay? Because it's not like perfect, okay? You make it perfect, how you respond to it. You know what I'm saying? And this is like mind control, but it takes discipline, but you got to be willing to change. And then you got to kind of follow the blueprint. That's what I love about the book. Okay, there's a notebook. It's like a journal. You can go back to it. It's, it's going to, people are going to read it over and over again. And when people are doing the reviews and saying how it changed their life, it's like, whoa, I mean, that's heavy duty. And the key is you got to do it every day. It's like a routine. People eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner most of the time, except me. I don't always eat that much, but, and you become that if you want that, if not keep complaining and you'll get better at complaining, all right? You'll be the leader in the clubhouse at that. But that's for if that's what they want to do. But if they want to be the best they can be in the game of life, because we're only here for a short period of time, uh, you got to look at it and appreciate every day. Appreciate what you have instead of what you don't have. Yeah, that's great. Um, so where do you get the book? Amazon, I got it from. Uh, but where else? Can, can you get it in bookshops or, or should you go to Amazon? Yeah, right now, Amazon. Uh, but I believe there are other bookstores that are selling it out there. And we're also doing an audio version should be coming out in a few days. So we're excited about that one. And there's a condensed version just for kids. Just for kids. It's just for kids nice. too. Yeah. For for younger kids. Yeah. It's very, uh, an easier read. So. That, that's great. Like, so uh, are you, are you doing the voice in the audio version or do you have a voice actor to do it? I would love to do the voice. No, I, we have, we had got an app. I just, someone else who would help us. Yeah. yeah. So she had to keep the consistency and the energy. And <laughs> one thing, one thing about the book, uh, if anybody gets it, 
if they ever have any questions, uh, they can email me at info at rickmacy.com, okay? And I'll get back to them in 24 hours and uh, give them the best shot of adrenaline and try to answer the questions. Yeah. yeah, you're always a shot of adrenaline, Rick. That that's that's true. You're bringing bringing the energy every day. I don't know how you do it, but so when you worked on the book, like, did you figure out something that you didn't think of before? Like that would just working on the book, that like some aha moments that you could use with your clients, you know, whether it's uh, like patients or tennis students. Oh wow! So yeah, I can tell you a lot, a lot of things. A lot. I think I think one of the things that I loved about the book was really researching about, of course. I loved, you know, Rick's quotes, like somehow the mind is like a nuclear weapon. I love those things. Like it is, it's so powerful, right? Every thought we have is so powerful. That's how we are where we are. You know, that's how this podcast came. That's how Rick has just built, built up just a world famous academy. And I have, you know, my own clinics because of our thoughts. Um, so we, we, we recognize that's powerful, but what I've really used like on a day-to-day -day basis at a very high level. We, I talked about Djokovic, he wrote a book um, on how to eat. And I really like that book um, because he talks about how he had struggled with his diet and he was gluten intolerant. And so what he did was, I mean, at first nobody knew what it was. He actually even moved to a different country. He was like doing yoga and meditation. He was trying to struggling with why his stomach was hurting. And then he found out he was his diet and his parents owned a pizza parlor. So he had to change his entire diet. And he's like, he talks about his great recipes in that book. You know, it's, it's, you know, has a vegan component to it. Uh, it's gluten-free. And um, of course he eats meat, but. Did he play tennis? What? He didn't play tennis, did he? Because if he owned a pizza parlor, he'd have a good slice. But go ahead. <laughs> I had to get that in there. Yeah, yeah. Must. No, but like, I love that the concept of that and what I use every day from there is that the fact that he couldn't even, it took him forever just to eat a piece of chocolate because he became so strict. And all of us at such a high level, we were functioning at such a high, I learned this from Rick as well, we're functioning at such a high level, eating the best food, you know, performing at our best level. But there's a chance where we're not hundred percent there. I felt like Djokovic was a hundred percent. Even Rick like doesn't, if you give him even, he has to have green apples. If you give him red apples, he doesn't eat that. Like I felt the same way with Djokovic. Like he, he's not going to touch gluten. He won't even touch a piece of chocolate. Like that type of discipline and strictness is very hard to achieve. And I think um, like you can get up to like 98%, but there's like a 2%, you know, to be amazing and awesome and number one. And I think that that part of the book is what I really First thing took home, I was like, always remind myself, you know, if you just take that little bit of, if you slip even once, even if it's like a little bit of a slip, it's a slip. So go for that hundred percent, you know? And I think we don't always do that. We're always like, well, we can make it up later. You know, like, oh yeah, I like, I, you know, my daughter loves to cook. So she ate, she made something. I was like, I'll take a little bit of it, but now I don't even touch it because I know that that's not, that's not good for me. I really don't like it. So even if it's a little bit, I tend to stay away. So things like that, I just tend to be 100% in it rather than being 98%. Because that makes you the best you can possibly be. So I hope that well helps put. you. Yeah, yeah it's just, good. I mean, that's Rick though. You can see that he has that in you. I don't know about you, like how about your diet? Are you pretty disciplined with what you eat or? Yeah, I'm pretty disciplined. Like uh, it comes with tennis and, and gym, right? So I, I do work out every day and uh, you have to eat somewhat properly. I, I do have like some, cheat moments you know a glass of wine here and there but but i'm generally pretty disciplined you know it's it's like also the people you surround yourself with which you've said in the 
many times in the podcast, which is very true. Like if you surround yourself with healthy people with healthy habits, then it's going to be much easier for you to kind of just join that club or be a part of that. But if you have bad influence around you, you're just going to float away a little bit towards that, even if you're Djokovic probably. So uh, you need a pretty strong mind to, uh, if you're in a bad kind of like company to, to stay strict with yourself, I think. Absolutely. Let, let me just chime in. And this is a little bit off the question, but when Djokovic uh, did the 60 minutes interview, you know, he made it very clear. I wasn't born like this. Okay. I had to work my butt off and change a lot, you know, mentally to become this. Okay. It's not a book that you read. Okay. It's not a, a vitamin you take. There's no magic pill. It's a process. As you know, as well as I do, we first came on the tour. I mean, he didn't, he was the last of those Mohicans, you know, better than Al Jokic. So, and he made it very clear. And there was a lot to that statement. He didn't say exactly what he's done other than, you know, he changed his breathing at sinus surgery, changed his diet. There's a lot of things that he did that we don't even know about, but he made himself the way he is on top of the God-given gifts, the, the rubber band man, the contortionist, high-level technique, you know, but it's a package. But he made it very clear that he made himself. And so when he got on that and he started seeing success, he just started adding layers because there's no reason for him to even play, you know, anymore if he didn't want to because he just loves the competition. So I'm glad that he said it like that because he made himself like that. And everybody else, forget sports, can do that in the game of life. I love that statement, Rick, because when I when I read his book and we incorporate that into our book, but he talks about how he was, when he would wake up in the morning, he had self-defeating thoughts, he had negative thoughts. And I was like, I thought, you know, I have it. Like, we all don't realize we all are wired like that for whatever. The same. Yeah, and he like, he meditates and watches them and gets rid of them. So I loved how he had to overcome that. And uh, I felt like he was, it connected all of us. And so, we, you know, this book really does illustrate that, but it's incredible how much we have to actively get rid of it. Because once we get rid of that kind of pattern or negative thinking we have about ourselves, we can really live freely and, you know, achieve our dreams without having like a negative thought make us paralyzed. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, and it's also a sign that you can change, which I think some people think, oh, well, he was born with this or she was born with that. And and it's not, no, it's always a process for everyone, right? So you have to get there. And for some, it might be an even more uncomfortable journey than others, but it's about taking it step by step and then see where you land, right? So it's not like you're just not born with a certain ability, usually. It's awareness. It really yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, listen, no matter what you do, everybody has ability and some everybody has talent. Now there might be different levels. It's it's what you do with your ability, what you do with the talent. And you said it right. You gotta take the stairs, not the escalator. It's a step-by-step -step process, okay? And there's gonna be ups and downs, but as long as you don't quit, because that's when it's over, when you quit, okay, uh, you'll get there. And But we, people, they, they don't think like that. I can't do it. Why me? That person can do it. No. You know, there's people that ball boy for people right now, and they're going to be beating those people in 10 years. You know, they have a dream and a hope and you got to work for it. And it's a process. And this is what everybody has to understand. 
It doesn't happen overnight. You know what I'm saying? And you just got to get in a different mindset, a different routine, little by little. There'll be setbacks, but as long as you keep your foot on the accelerator, you'll arrive at your destinations. Uh, I, I love, you know what? I, I, I love talking about this with, with patients. I'll have patients that are all weak, like they're in wheelchairs. So I have a patient that's born with no muscle, literally no muscle. She can't swallow. She can hardly, uh, you know, talks a little bit. She can't use, she can't lift her arms or legs and she's in a wheelchair, but she smiles. And I was shocked that she had like a boyfriend. And on the weekends, her boyfriend, who's, who's perfectly healthy, is pushing her in Walmart, on the aisles of Walmart, at our, at our you know, department store. And I was, I was so impressed because that mental strength and the outlook really got her what she wanted. And then I have people who are built perfectly, you know, they look like models or whatever, and they cannot get any relationship because of their outlook and the way they're thinking. So it's incredible. You don't have to be born with it. And she's like the, you know, perfect example, that patient I had. Um, and you can, I compare her and, and just, that's what really motivated me for some of these, this book, like how our thoughts can switch so quickly and how easily manipulated they are and how powerful they are. So the more positive they are, they can get us to the top, you know? Yeah, and, and the book is something you can go back to every single day. Like when I said about YouTube or being around a positive people, this is everything wrapped in one. That's the key. And you can go back to it because, listen, every day is not going to be rainbow, lollipop, and sunshine. It's going to be thunderstorm, craziness, okay? Take a deep breath. Go back to the book. And immediately, bang, it's going to change your thought, especially when you start reading some of the quotes and, and stuff like that. It changes your perspective. It changes your mindset. Uh, hopefully, the book, Billion Dollar Mind, uh, is going to become your new best friend. That's a great one. That's a great one to end on, guys. I, I know I've taken some of your time here, but uh, it's, it's a great book. I've read it. Uh, I downloaded it on ebook, so I always have it on the phone. So in, in that case, I can always look back. Generally, I'm a pretty positive guy, so I just say amen to a lot of things that I read in that one. But I think a lot of people could really benefit from uh, having a more positive mind diet and having a better like habit uh, every day, too. And then well done on writing it. And if you write more books, you're always welcome to come and talk about them. And, you know, Rick, you, you're always here. Welcome to come and talk about tennis as well. So, <laughs> you know, where we are going to, we're going to do more yeah, books together. Ideas. Definitely. We'll, we'll do it. We'll live a lot. And anytime you want me to help out, just give me a holler and we'll make it happen. Awesome. Awesome guys. Well, it was nice talking to you. Good luck on the book. It's a great book. So people will check it out. There will be links in the show notes so people can check it out and on YouTube. So hopefully people will, will find a, a new path from, from the book, a billion dollar mind. All right. You have a great day. Really nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. All right. Good seeing you again.